DraftSociety.com presents a Premier League Draft Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the Key Pass Collective. Your exclusive source for the information, analysis, and advice you need to dominate your fantasy leagues. Come on in. We've been expecting you. going on draft heads welcome into the key pass collective we have uh kind of midweek edition games going on so we will be sort of referencing those from time to time as we go through the podcast today but of course uh we are here to sort of update you and get you ready for the upcoming game week 18 though game week 17 i think will play pretty heavily into that anyway Welcome. My name is Joe Williams. Uh, this is your audio companion to the Draft Society website. That website, of course, has your rankings, your stats, your articles, just literally everything you need to succeed in this draft game. Plus, if you're willing to part with the measly $5 per month, we've got some insider benefits that you can take part in. Those include player projections, rest of season rankings, fixture difficulty trackers, and so much more. Uh, we won't get too much into it today. Listen to previous episodes where we go into much more of a description of all of those insider benefits, but we would love it if you would join the inner circle. Uh, but otherwise, just head over to the Draft Society. There's about 90%, 85% of the website that is completely free to everybody to help you dominate this draft game. All right. Well, we'll talk about in just a second what we're going to be you know, discussing here today as a group. And I do say a group, even though anyone who's on Twitter knows that Ryan is off gallivanting around the globe again, um, which just appears to be his job now. I don't really know how he makes money or like what I, I have a theory about him being a spy, but regardless, um, he's gallivanting. And so uh, check out his Twitter feed because you, you're going to want to you're going to want to live through him uh, by proxy because he's uh, had some amazing experiences in his time in England, uh, not the least of which being meeting Christian Pulisic, which is ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, we do have uh, another one of our regulars here. Of course, you know him. You love him. Uh, this is the Hungarian god himself, Toddy. Toddy, what's hey. going on, my man? How are you? And uh, tell us how Ryan's life has made you feel like yours is less of recently <laughs> um it's it's made it it continues to make me feel um minuscule <laughs> minuscule and and yes i question my my job and mm-hmm. my life every day yep. uh, through ryan so okay. yeah, yeah i mean i mean i before i got to know him i i was pretty satisfied with my life <laughs> But now, now it's just. What does it all mean? Right. Why, 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 mm-hmm. why, why do we do this? Why do I go into my job every day? <sighs> but then again, well, I mean, in November or in October, I was the one in London and in Valencia. So, yeah. So it's, now it's I, all it's all on you. <laughs> I just need to do some gallivanting. Yeah, this is yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's clear. What what needs to happen here? All right, well, I'll uh, cast my money tree spell and see if one grows in my backyard. Um, But aside from that, um, so, Toddy, amazing to have you with us. But, you know, we are used to kind of having 
more than just two of us here on the pod. It gets a little lonely around here. We, we do love a good tripod. Uh, and in fact, we have a guest who, believe it or not, his nickname in high school was tripod. I'm not quite <laughs> sure why why that was, or I guess maybe I don't get the joke, um, but it's Benji Wade. Benji, do you want to fill us in on, on that, that nickname? What, what was that about? I don't. I have no. I genuinely don't have any idea what we're talking about. Oh, no, Wait, I, I, I thought just, tripod was a reference to me being uh, having gone to film school in my life or something. That's that definitely that. what it is. No, it definitely wasn't me making a sixth grade penis joke. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> anyway, welcome, hey, man. How's it going, hey, fellas? Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Thanks for uh, inviting me to this soiree. This Super weird. excited to have you. Super excited yeah. to have you. Um, so of course we bring on Benji and he's, I mean, he's got a track record, uh, a mile long and people who are new to the draft game might not be aware of, of some of his previous, um, forays into this draft game and, and maybe some of the ways in which, you know, you're one of the godfathers really in terms of, uh, bringing this, uh, I I promise I, you really are, uh, you predate Toddy and I, that's for sure. So just tell us a bit about like your fantasy background, your, your draft fantasy, uh, background and, and where you came from. Well, I first want to say I, I too have marveled at what's going on with our friend Ryan because <laughs> I, uh, he's this international man of mystery. Yes. And I, every time I tune into the podcast, he's got, he's got this, uh, this, this baritone voice that's just very, uh, very mm-hmm. easy to listen to. And he's a knowledgeable guy. Yep. He comes across as quite well spoken, et cetera. I've slid into his DMs more than a few times to ask him for some fantasy advice. And, yep. Yep. um, and then he kept dropping these things on the podcast, which I'm a regular listener and big fan of Draft Society. You guys <laughs> are doing you. great work. <laughs> um, and, uh, he kept men- name drop, not name dropping, I guess name dropping countries, dropping? like yeah. Maldives and all these other places where he's going. I'm like, what does this dude do? <laughs> and I think I've, asked him directly and he hasn't answered so that it is still possible that he is a spy but anyway um yeah or something much more nefarious even like you know i I don't want to i don't want to say this or put it out into the ether but i mean hitman assassin um any of these things really like it's it's an open book at this point some some sort of multinational highly transactional stuff is happening (laughs) on these trips uh in addition to (laughs) going to six different um uh, stadiums to watch games or whatever but we've cracked it um, i think i think we're we're in agreement yeah. So how did I, uh, yeah. my background in, in the, the world of the fantasy stuff, it's actually really old. And uh, ironically, uh, our friend John Wallen, um, co-founder of Taga. Yeah. Fantasy Gaffer. And he and I, at long last, after a few seasons of um, m- me playing Taga and being a commissioner of my league that I was in for a couple of years, um, and right before Taga's lights went out, had a really long conversation where we discovered we shared this history of really old, like practically pen and paper versions of fantasy premiership. Oh, so nice! I'm I'm That's... old and I, really old, <laughs> and uh, I would say it was 2000, probably two, when me and some people that I knew through an online, uh, actually an online political discourse community. It's a long story. Um, <laughs> where we, we yeah, totally was like. Was there online in 2000? Oh, whatever. I'll just I'll just pull back the kimono completely. It was uh, a <laughs> Michael Moore had a message board. Oh, Michael Moore, the filmmaker. Nice. And nice. I was the administrator for the forum on this this message board, and had uh, 
developed all these relationships with people in the world who cared about politics in the same way that at the time this is like when bowling for columbine yeah, and yeah. stupid white men and all these sorts of sure. things are coming out yep. and we shared a, a lot of interest in talking about politics etc and then like you know it, it got a little bit crazy and nutty but long story short this community had enough of a global reach to where there were some friends that i had in england some expats that were living in the u.s but still cared a lot about cared a lot about soccer and followed the premiership regularly and so we would we would chat about we'd chat about soccer all the time and this guy i knew um had the ability to write script in what at the time the the languages were like pearl and cgi cgi actually means like something graphic interface but it was a way that basically you could build websites and put down some script that could pull information from another website okay and so the telegraph at the time used to have these um scoring streams where you could you could determine like when a player had uh what we what was we didn't call it a key pass i can't remember what we called it but it was it was the equivalent of a key pass Mm -hmm. um or assists or goals or whatever um it would it would track clean sheets and we would so it would automatically pull all that information in the The website was called yeah it was called it was live even it was called uh fantasy footy league online fflo and we did this and it was auction based you started each uh auction with 100 bucks and i remember it's it's long enough ago that the first year we did it um Thierry Henry went for 33 bucks and we completely dunked on the dude who did it but as you could probably guess his <laughs> yeah. team his team was one of the three best teams and yes uh, yeah so uh, we did that for a few years it got harder and harder to keep up the code etc he tried to grow it he tried to get people to like strangers and I, I was like all along thinking this is just some vanity thing that is for us nerds and i never thought that many people would 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 take it on of course when you don't have any kind of marketing reach or any kind of ability to whatever so yeah there was no there were no other relationships to to get like a bigger following and then once upon a time I found myself, fast forward, like, I don't know, probably, we stopped doing that, I think, 2006. Um, so about 2014, 15, I was listening to Men in Blazers. And I think like a lot of people that ended Same. up part of, part of Target. Yeah, I think yes. this is really, really common. Yep. Um, John was a guest. John Wallen, co-founder of Taga, was a guest on Men in Blazers, was talking about Taga. And I was like, I can't believe this exists. Um, yep. Downloaded it, was immediately stoked. Me and the couple buddies that I had that were still playing fantasy NFL, none of us liked uh, NFL football. We all hated it, but we played, but we were addicted to fantasy. And so we promptly quit. We promptly quit this league that we were in and jumped over to Taga. Um, and in fact, the, the guy I'm talking about, who was the one I was just moaning about, I dropped Martinelli uh, a couple weeks ago. This friend of mine named Jade, who was part of this league with me, he he picked him up. So he's he. I brought him over to the to the league that we're in. And uh, yeah, so I did that for a few years, and then um, I think the second or third year I was into it. Um. I got in touch with John Wallen and said, uh, hey, how come you guys don't do ranks? You used to, et cetera. And he said, you know, we've had a couple people. And I, I, I could read between the lines. I've been part of startups before. I, I very much had the sense that they wouldn't have any kind of resource to pay people to do stuff like that. But I was like, yeah, I, I would volunteer. I'll just come in and t- take take a shot at doing ranks. <laughs> and uh, I thought I would. I thought it would be me and a couple other people because at the time our friend Chuck Booth was writing for articles for sure. – for Taga, and I was like, I thought there'd be like a, you know, a list of a table of a few different people who are putting in ranks. And no, it turned out it was only me. Um, so no pressure. <laughs> I remember and, uh, this so clearly. Yeah. <laughs> and I did here, that. I only did it for one year. And it was, I think what happened was early on, it took about, 
I really cared about it maybe too much. And I would spend six hours probably. Yeah. And then over time, I was like, what am I doing? This is, I, I have two kids. I own two businesses. Like, uh, my wife already hates fantasy. She's going to hate it even more because she's like, what are you doing? Um, but I, yeah. I mean, I, I just really got a kick out of it and I really enjoyed doing it. And, um, but I think I also confused tons of people that know me. They're like, why are you writing about this Taga thing? It's really bizarre. Like, I don't get it. And like, and I, I was like, yeah, don't, don't worry about it. Just ignore it. Like, right. People who know me on Twitter that know me in my, my personal life were like super confused by it. But, and it yeah, doesn't. So I did that. Same, same here. Same here now. I mean, when I try to explain to my friends <laughs> yeah, yeah. what this whole thing is, they're like, what? <laughs> and these, these are my like high school friends who don't even like football oh, right, at all. Right. So even for, for them, even like when I went to Valencia with them and when I told them that I would, I'd go, want to go to a football game, they were like, why? And <laughs> oh, I was like, man. I was, Told them, told them it was Valencia, Atletico Madrid, it's huge games, yeah. you know, some stadium and whatever. And they're like, sure. I mean, <laughs> will there be food and stuff like that? And, and, and trying to explain to them what we do or what I do in my free time is, yeah. is a struggle. Oh, yeah. But man. you're talking about actually supporting the real sport. Like, yeah, yeah. There's a huge distinction between mm. actually going to live football games and, uh, watching a football game on TV and caring conspicuously why one single player on yeah. uh, Southampton <laughs> yeah, true, is true. is like getting you excited, like you know, uh, why do you care what who's this Sophie on Buffal and why do you care what he's doing? I'm like, right. because I know he's gonna come good. He's finally gonna gonna stop scoring zero points. And yeah, anyway, it's just well, it's, it's very hard to explain. Here's a question, Benji. So like you you sort of hinted at like or you you mentioned like how this can be a little bit niche the fantasy game, but like my like something we kind of always struggle with. How niche is draft compared to FPL actually? It's preposterous. I think there's probably, I bet there's, um, when I had conversations with, with both the co-founders, John and Scott, because I was really, really stoked on Taga. I don't want to go gush about how much I loved those few years, despite the technical hiccups, which were many and drove all of us crazy. Um, I was just so stoked that there was something like that that existed. And I don't think we would still have found like a safe home on, you know, using Fantrax, which has worked out really, really well. It's very stable, et cetera. If it weren't for that kind of (laughs) vestigial cord, right? Um, but like, I'm pretty sure they would say that it was somewhere in the like single digits percentage of how many out of the entire fantasy premiership based stuff is, is OFPL versus draft. I think draft is extremely small. Yeah, I would agree. Do you think that's grown? I don't know. I mean, I don't, the problem is I can't tell. And I'm just, I just throw some intuitive guesses. This is like flinging proverbial poop at the walls of around. Yeah, like yeah. how, what has Fantrax been able to do with the, what's left of what came over from Taga versus mm-hmm. the people that I know you, you guys have been talking a lot about OFPL people who are, are, are dabbling, right? They're, they're side piecing with their, they uh, really are. Yeah. Draft. <laughs> I still think that market is extremely small. Is that me? That's probably me. I'm breaking the rules. Did you guys hear my notifications? No, not really. No. Oh, good. Okay, cool. I'll be quiet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think it's really really small, unfortunately, yeah. and yeah. it's a it's a bummer because I think it's so discreetly a, an American thing. Yeah. That we have to try to export. Yeah. Like I I think that the the greater growth is possible by um, Europeans who look at the fantasy NFL product and go. 
I like that more than this OFPL monkey see monkey do crap. I know it's more complicated than that, but I'm very anti OFPL. Same. Um, yep. But I, I, I would hope that the growth actually might be through the NFL. It's like, hey, I've actually started to watch soccer or, or sorry, hey, I'm watching a lot of NFL games and I'm European and I like the draft system. I want to try that in, in with the premiership. And yeah. what would that be like? And yeah. I could see, yeah. yeah, that's interesting you say that. Uh, sorry, Todd, I'll, I'll let you say something in just a second. But like, yeah. um, I, it's interesting. Like, I wonder if instead of this FPL route, uh, if looking at American fantasy uh, and, and trying to have that as an inroad would be maybe more effective. I, I don't know. I thought yeah. it was the I thought it was what they were trying to do with ES, with um with Taga by trying to partner. I was always hopeful that they would be able to partner with a big player, and I was a little surprised to be honest with you that over the course of time, an NBC, an ESPN, even if it was like what is uh, NBC's uh vertical that's in their vertical, what is it called the um Edge or whatever it was called before yeah, that Road yeah, or something, yeah, yeah, yeah Sports yeah. Edge, yeah, yeah, before that was called yeah. Road or something, but whatever that was, like why didn't they? throw down for it but i guess they just didn't see enough the numbers must not have been good enough well suppose supposedly we're gonna uh be seeing potentially sleeper dipping their toe into uh this draft fantasy game next year supposedly that was that's what we've been told but um we're not we're not crossing our fingers shall we say toddy but hasn't been a year a few years sorry yeah yeah toddy's been in contact with them yeah Mm. i've i've been in contact with them and um it's it's died down unfortunately oh. so yeah um i think i think um they they have conversations about it but nothing serious enough to to pin your hopes on but i i agree with benji that i think um this um fantrax experiment with with what we we uh call the influencers league or something like that with with huge fantrax or uh, huge ofpl accounts playing a half half season of fantrax um showed really is that there is no real um like overlap conversion yeah or yeah. Over- overlap uh and and i'm not sure how how the nfl folks can be targeted as in like like to grow the market we we were actually talking uh in the draft society slack about uh, obviously growing the draft society and growing the game as well and i'm sure benji you got you got the email as well uh that that supposedly every every um soccer or football fan tracks player got about the mm. holiday schedule that we we put out through fan tracks so we we kind of did a blanket sweep of every um fan tracks player Mm-hmm. Um, and, and on, on that note, we were, we were trying to, to sort of predict growth and predict, um, how, how our, um, site could, could grow or what, what, um, ways it could grow. And mm-hmm. I think it, we, we ended up talking about, um, it being in, absolutely tied to the growth of the actual game yeah because because obviously through twitter that's that's a bit of a um tinted lens but but i think we see we see our article reaches and we see our podcast reach and and we've we've kind of I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to jinx it and say we've <laughs> pl- plateaued, but um, it, but but 
but yeah, we've, but we're focusing we've kind on retention. Of, let's say, yes. yes. As somebody, yeah. as some, well, I, it's, it's. I think that there's there's two paths to growth, and like putting my marketer's hat on, since that's what I do for a living. Yeah. Um, I think if I was looking to develop like personas to target with like with digital media, like on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, et cetera, like imagining that I had this like budget to actually do that, which would, that's a conversation in and of itself. Um, <laughs> it, it, I would be looking for the growth of the sport in the US, the growth of soccer. I would also then I'd be looking at the growth of the NFL in Europe. And I would be trying to cross pollinate those two different mm-hmm. markets around. If you get people who enjoy the fantasy NFL product in Europe, there's an opportunity to bridge them um, to look at the FPL and consider draft, right? And then same thing, I think, in, within the US. It's like most most people who are fans of both, like if you were building a mo- what's called a mosaic or like a persona to target on social media, you'd be looking at people in North America, for instance, that like both sports and support and, and play fantasy, sorry. And then you'd be like, hey, did you know there's a fantasy draft product for... I still don't know. I mean, this is, these were great conversations I had with Scott and John back in the day about Taga. Yeah. I still don't know um, what those kind of numbers look like and how much growth there has been. But I also don't think anybody ever had has had the budget or any kind of investment to go after uh, genuine like marketing to, to hit those people. I, I don't think that's ever really happened. It, it, not Certainly not in any kind of um, appropriate velocity to get meaningful data out of it. It'd be so I'm, I'm, difficult. I mean, where where would you get the the data? Where would I, you get the user information? Like that's well, and then where's the money going to come from? Yeah, this was yeah, always the yeah, problem exactly, at Targa. Yeah, when yeah. when they when they I remember when they threw the numbers at me for how much money they thought they should they should throw out there for subscriptions. I I just immediately was like I I should just hang up now because I'm embarrassed on their behalf. Like there's no way they were going to get twenty bucks a person per league. I was just like, what? If that's what it takes to yeah. sustain this product, this product's dead. I think that the technical. I think it I don't was think, ten bucks per month. Per, yes, per, per person. person or something. Yeah, oh, and I, I just Lord. went. I went. If you said twenty bucks per person per league for a year, maybe. But yeah, I still maybe. think I. I don't think I could have sold the people that were part of it. So then you're going. Well, where are the ad dollars going to come from? Blah blah blah. And it gets it gets it gets sad fast when mm. you think about how little money yep. there would be there. Um, there's just not enough. It's just they're just genuinely as much as we talk about the growth of the sport and the billions of dollars that um, NBC just negotiated to continue having premiership rights. As far as this this ability to find, I I find it surprising. I I would have thought this is a no brainer. Like people know about the fantasy NFL product. It's very a draft and it's very it's like taking that same mentality over to the premiership. You'd think that lots of people, but it just I don't think the numbers were over there. But then I think sorry, it's, I'm, I feel like I'm d- dominating over oh, this, this conversation. The <laughs> The, 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 the reality is I remember when how despondent I was over the failures technically of Taga. Yeah. And I knew it was massively going to, just going by the anecdote of what happened in my league with a bunch of friends that I had that I'd been playing fantasy NFL with for years, that they were all just going to be, including uh, one of my buddies who I did the fantasy thing back in the early 2000s with on our pe- quote-unquote pen and paper one. It Our pen and paper one pulling um, scores from Telegraph's website via CGI scripts that we populated on our front end was more stable <laughs> than Taga. Like, I'm sorry, but Taga's instability really did, I think it blunted a lot of the enthusiasm that had grown over time for, yeah. the, for that thing. And it's really, I know, I know that in a moment of being candid, I'm sure John and Scott would, would, would say the same thing. It was extremely disappointing. I mean, um, arguably, Fantrax's in- intricacies and uh, lack of 
uh, an aesthetic user interface could arguably do the same thing. But you know what I mean? That's like right. it, there's there there are downfalls I think to each clearly. You know, and like if you ask, I don't know. I, I would say the people who've stuck around, if you've asked four out of five of them, they'd probably want Taka back. Um, but you know, we we do have a partnership. You could say still with Fantrax, and, and we do appreciate them for everything they've done for this game and, and the continued support and everything. But it's you know, there's always room to grow, and I think part of it is just realizing that you have those weaknesses and, and a lot of times that doesn't happen until like a posthumous uh sort of looking back on what happened yeah well and then you yeah. ask yourself where's the re- where would the resource come from to take everything that Taga did well and graft it onto what fantrax does well mm. so fantrax looks like a pig but <laughs> it is so stable it works and even when it's down it's quote unquote down for like a couple minutes of the live stream or something like that, or the live scoring it is never like you go to add players and you get errors the it yeah, was the a, i remember the last year of toga and we were all in my home league we were all um we all got together in a pub and it had like we broke booked a booth and, yeah. and we had like five or six screens just we 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 talked to the owner and had had all these games that had implications for the final few games of the of the of the season sure. and it was all set up and we were there an hour before and no one could pick up any players <laughs> yeah. at, at lineups not even when the kickoffs went and it was like yeah i think i and and at some point then we couldn't log in so we couldn't even oh. see our teams so we couldn't even i mean if we could actually see our teams we could talk about and yep. and just jot down the free agents or whatever but we couldn't even do that so yeah yeah it, it was well and the, the golden rule in the tech sector and this applies to startups it, it applies to mature companies is that the the best tool is the one that works and and if it doesn't work you're doa and i think that that's what ultimately um it's the lesson i think from that is that whatever and, and who knows you know whatever whatever data had been um gathered over the years of taga certain things were trending in a good way certain things weren't um i think the retention thing you mentioned earlier that that's where it was like they they had a really freaking diehard community and still do i oh, yeah. I, I, I take joe's point and i agree with him for sure i think there's there's, there's some rose tinted glasses about the the technical failures yeah but if you could take the stability of fan tracks and undergird something like the taga ui which was much more beautiful i think you'd really have something but i don't think i don't think those things move the needle though gentlemen i really don't yeah, i think no, that right. if it's the it's the thing we were talking about earlier is far more important which is how much of how much of the north american market could actually take their their enjoyment of fantasy nfl type of products and bring it over to the premiership and same thing in europe yeah and and just on that note uh, one question and one tidbit i wanted to share um i I don't know if that, if it's public knowledge, but we'll make it so, um, <laughs> that through the, um, uh, personalized, um, little URLs that, that all these OFPL accounts, uh, were plugging for, you know, their own little URLs to join fan tracks. Um, can you guess how many new users registered? Oh. Okay. Um, so it was like in every t- every tweet they had join fan tracks, play whatever fantasy, whatever. Click on this link. Yeah. Um, and I'm, ner- and I'm these, nervous. I don't want to guess. And and you have and, this and, data. 
I have this data, yes. And oh, the, no. these, these accounts, <laughs> just to, um, just to, uh, preface this, these accounts were like between 10,000 and 40,000, um, followers on Twitter. Each. Each. Right. Each. Oh, God. I'm going <laughs> to. So first, it's it's that's the that's the reach, that's the the maximum audience, okay. And then you're yep. then you have to account for how many actually got through the algorithm to to do you have the numbers on how many actually saw how many impressions? No, no, I don't, I don't uh, have okay. the Twitter because you can't really you can't uh, really count on that. But yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, then that's just a uh, uh, ballpark. <laughs> Uh, less than a dozen. <laughs> I don't a know. dozen? <laughs> I was gonna say two hundred. I don't know. I'm cynical. You are. You are both very cynical. Okay. Eight, oh, good. Eight hundred. That's great. All right. I'm okay. Yeah. So you're yeah. telling me there's a chance. That's something. That's something. <laughs> yeah. That's Sorry, something. I had I had Jim Carrey one, more like one in a million gif going through my head. <laughs> yeah. So instead, it's a very different Jim Carrey gif. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, all right. Okay, so the other question I had to you guys, and and uh, this is going to be uh, more of a across the Atlantic question, um, is. I've I've heard of people playing fantasy games of actual sports that they don't watch. Yeah, it's very common. Is that it, it's, is it's, it's a great it's a great point. And specifically the NFL. Uh there was a guy in the league I was describing, the fantasy NFL league that I quickly left once I discovered Taga. Um a buddy named Jason, he never watched games. Yeah. And I was like, "Wait, are you like not even to just vicariously or do, or do the whole like I'm going to watch my player, mm-hmm. you know, rack up 100 yards of rushing or whatever. Like, no, nothing. He just watched he would watch game casts though on ESPN mm-hmm. or whatever app. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he never watched games. Didn't like the sport either. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm so, I'm getting there so, actually personally myself. I I'm I'm still in a league that I've been in for over a decade with my college friends. And uh, they won't allow me to leave, and I'm the commissioner, and I keep trying to pawn off commissioner duties to anyone else, and they won't take it. Um, and so I'm stuck, you know, in this league. I don't really want to play NFL fantasy anymore. I I only watch the Packers now, and that's it. Like I haven't watched a single NFL game in like three years that wasn't the Packers. So yeah, I mean that's exactly where I'm at, and I'll just look at data i'll look at um when i'm adding players you know i'll look at the trends i'll look at who was added that week i'll look up waiver wire columns on different websites and that's it <laughs> that's the whole thing but it's worth noting i think that um and, and, and so this strange. and my friend jason made this point he'd be like it doesn't determine at all how well i do in fantasy literally has no bearing and in fact it will hurt your ability to be a good fantasy manager at times to watch the games because you get too emotionally invested. Sentimental. You're not making cold calculations. You're actually getting this like parasocial sort of vibe of like, come on, Lanzini, don't you know I need you? And yeah. it's like, no, he doesn't He doesn't know you exist, man. Except for Pulisic and Ryan. Except for Pulisic and Ryan, which, oh my God, the stories we're going to hear about that. Ridiculous. But it's like, no, Lanzini doesn't know you exist. And if he did, he would hate you. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But like, it's... <laughs> he certainly wouldn't appreciate it does not you. help you, you get all of your it, it's like most of your ability in this this activity is completely based on 
a, a, a split somewhere, maybe it's a Venn diagram of being a gunslinger and going by data. You have to do both. You can't just do one because if you're if you're just going by data, you'll be too conservative. And if you're just a gunslinger, you'll be too risky. So you have to do both. But okay, watching the games great, means nothing. This is a great opportunity for me to transition this conversation. So um, because what you just said, Benji, is very interesting because you used to do ranks. Obviously, we do ranks. And mm-hmm. so it sounds to me like you don't buy in at all to the idea of watching a player and just he's got that look he's got the feel on the you know like he he passes the quote-unquote eye test oh man it's it's a really good point it's a good counter to what i was just saying yes it matters a great deal okay i I remember recently (laughs) watching um yeah i mean if you know what you're looking for though right okay it's kind of like it's like um and i only trust my eyes so much when it comes to applicability to fantasy it's like i watched a game last week Cantwell comes on for Norwich and he looks so lively and I'm like this dude's moving with confidence yeah yeah exactly but I knew I was like no it's fool's gold I looked at his numbers and I was like okay let's go I like the way that uh, car looks on the track and then I go look under the hood and it's just like barely stitched together with a couple of gerbils or whatever it's like no this dude's his fantasy numbers are gross like it's a car like it's got yeah it's got the the outside of like a lotus and then inside it's like a bmw bug yeah exactly bug sorry it's like (laughs) sometimes can you match the energy to actual fantasy relevant output and sometimes that doesn't happen like you can watch a player uh uh, on the other hand like you watch maximin the first couple fixtures of his newcastle reign and you're like that dude is you can't take your eyes off him and then if you're paying attention you're looking at it through the prism of fantasy you're like uh okay there goes a completed dribble there's a completed dribble oh that's actually a he just got an aerial too and you know you just uh got a key pass like you can see it happening and but so yeah you do have to do that but a lot of times let's be honest that would also be borne out in data you would see the performance of this player with good data and you'd go and i I don't i apologize if if um draft society has this depth of stuff but i remember back in the day our friend Andrew Laird from uh, Rotowire. I paid for the so, so rare and fame now. I know now he's a so rare. Oh my god! Don't get me going on NFTs. Um, but but he he was oh god he was um or that Rotowire had really good data. Like you could see attempted um, crosses, you could see completed crosses, you could see all this stuff, and you could really really tell without having to watch ten seconds of of actual game actual uh, play. To so I. Is that maybe I'm I'm hedging a little bit there, but it I I think it's you still err toward making dumb decisions if you're just like that guy yeah. looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, and when I said you you were you were you got onto St. Max, but I I had mentioned Trinkau before that, and I mean him as the opposite. Like Trinkau is that player that you watch him and you're like, oh my goodness, he's this player really has something about him. Like I am so excited about him, and that was how I felt early in the season, and I was so excited I had Trinkau on all of my teams, and that was well, you you know how that went. So yeah, and uh, and I think this is this, this and and real quickly, sorry, it happened again today. Three yep. points. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 88 minutes, three points, one shot on target. Uh, I better believe yeah, I started it. Yeah, but, yeah, but. <laughs> oh, but, no. Of course. Yeah. But to be, to be refreshing the fantasy relevant wolves attack is, is just neutered right now. Sure. Um, yeah. but, but just going back to the, uh, it's a very point, good point. An, an important um, one, yeah. Draft Lad actually started doing these, um, Fantrax, um, 
point scores versus in real life performance um, reviews, and and I think those are really good, and they keep somewhat keep us somewhat grounded to real life, and it it sometimes like the best example is Adama, who who had like the best first four games ever. Uh, without without uh, scoring a goal or getting an assist, and he was like fifteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen points every game, and and if we are not watching the games, then we are just going based on that. And, and it's a it's are- a super good point. If you're not yeah, and if you're not because I dude, I almost gave away the proverbial farm for him. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it, I yeah. I almost sold everything to like two. I had two three player trades configured for our friend Brian. Like I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm oh. gonna get, I'm gonna get. <laughs> yeah. and it would have been the hugest mistake because if you're not going by real world results, which is like Lodge is in a, a bind. Like whatever's going on with Traore, it's not leading to scoring because he nope. can't finish. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and Jimenez is off his game. Trincao is doing whatever he's doing, hitting the bar a million times or, you know, whatever it is. And yeah, there's just, I mean, there's just a lack of attack there. And it just, it's completely blunted at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think I, I still can't believe that people are, honestly, it's not, it's not, it's not the fact that they play fantasy games because people do dumb stuff. Um, <laughs> but, but it's that they keep on playing them. I mean, Without watching the games or without caring about teams or the players, um, I, I think I wouldn't like, like in this stretch of nine games within nine game weeks within like 10 days, I would, I would just fold. Yeah. And it, it, you're definitely, <laughs> I think, let's see, I'm wondering if, if we're, we have a consensus that you, you would be operating or you are operating at a disadvantage if you don't either pay attention to what's happening in the real world or understand. So to use your Traore example, let's compare him with, I think, a really good, um, a really good comp for him is Maximan, who we've been just talking about. Like it's yeah. Maximan. There is no choice whatsoever yeah. for Howe, for Bruce, for any manager that was ever going to come to Newcastle right now. You are starting that dude every single minute that he's available, mm-hmm. period. End of story. Whether he And he's not a very good finisher either, by the way. But because of the circumstances, the, because of who's available to them, they have no choice but to play him. So therefore, he has much higher value if you were looking at him as a trade asset. Yes, yeah. completely agree. I think yeah. the player right in the middle of those two would then be someone like Zaha. Who yeah, I was going to say so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God. No, but like who has his weeks, you know, where like you look at this week and he just uh, he just put up what, like 19 or something yep. um, this week, obviously scored. But, you know, he'll have nine dispossessions in a game week or something ridiculous like that. But you know that that he's not going anywhere. That offense yep. is going to continue to run through him. And um, with the success that they're having, why would you bench him? You, you just you wouldn't. And so even though he has ridiculous matches where he sort of makes a fool of himself sometimes by rolling around on the ground or um, like just, you know, being theatrical about this or that or getting dispossessed nine times, he's still going to be starting every single match. Um, yeah, he's, he's an extraordinarily frustrating player. to own. Oh, for sure. But then, I mean, look at then look at somebody like a uh, Riyad Mahrez and a Bertrand Traore. Where it's like in real life, we know these players are phenomenal footballers, probably better than Zaha, probably better than 
arguably say Maximin. I mean, but still, right? Like, I mean, Mares is. Yeah, but the 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 opportunity's not there, and that's what you're saying, Benji, is like realizing that. Yeah. Yeah, or realizing that in the circumstances of Wolves, what makes that one crazy is that when Lodge realized this guy can't finish, and it is literally a liability to this this club. Yes, because he's getting those opportunities, but not finishing. Mm-hmm. And and it, to to get to the point where it's like not good enough, and then he's benched. He's he was benched for weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that Zaha, like, wasn't it? Was it you guys that was trying to use that word mercurial? Um, <laughs> he is definitively mercurial. Yes. I mean, the <laughs> most hot or cold like the dispossessions i used to just sit and because i've 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 rostered him a few times in my life and just shaking my head at, yep. like here we go again he's at mm-hmm. negative four negative four and it's i'm like did he get a yellow no it's dispossessions yeah <laughs> and every time every time you draft him you're like why the hell did i do that like well, that was that was the dumbest thing i could have done i hate owning Zaha, but um you know then he'll have weeks like this and it's like I don't know. Yeah, and if you're, and I guess if you're, if you are a skilled enough manager, and by skilled I just mean if you're bo- bored enough and spend the time, you take <laughs> a guy like him because back to this gunslinger thing, right? It's like, no, I want my lottery ticket sitting there ready for game week six when they're playing Norwich. And I heard that d- d- really great stats. Who shared those stats? What? what oh, Joe, I think you were doing the rundown of the the which team uh, surrenders the most points against uh, positionally and like my goodness it was like Norwich 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 oh yeah that was last um, week yeah yeah and and, and by the way <laughs> I just gave up uh, let's see here I'm I'm facing a uh, my uh, rival manager this week has one Ollie Watkins who faced oh. our uh, beloved Norwich and God. put up 29 yeah. points the highest output output of the year yep so yeah. you, keep, right. you keep High, you keep Zaha for that non, for that non game city. week yeah, you keep your yeah. Zahas for those game weeks and you're ready to... Um, but otherwise, you, you you keep your powder dry with your Zahas on other weeks because it's like if he's going against a a, a a Burnley or something, it could be terrible. He exactly. could just get locked down because there wouldn't be the opportunity. They'll 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 uh, overload defenses on him or do whatever and he'll get pouty, start, start getting yellow cards, yep. start getting dispossessed yep. like five times in 10 minutes. I was going to say yeah, Mer- Mercurial. Sorry, Todd, I'll let you go in a second. Mercurial, like not only just in his fantasy scores but also temperament right and so it's just all it takes is a a small little thing to set him off and he's ruined his entire match and you just know it you know that he's not going to do anything he's just going to be upset the whole time and he's going to be pouting and and running around with his hands in, in the air yeah yeah um uh, on on the zaha note i think um i i put an article in our draft kit that was released uh in the summer um that was titled um draft for first or last not mid table oh yeah I love and that. i think i think that's that's um that that one was just a love love letter to Wilf Zaha because because <laughs> yeah. if if you if you if you get a team of yeah. Wilf Zahas you're either gonna be like run away first or dead last right and obviously <laughs> most managers would would um, would would have a mixture of of um, safe and risky assets when when drafting or or when putting together teams, but but yeah, it was it was fun to think about um, where where each round we would have a, a few safe choices and a few lottery tickets, and and yeah. if you could actually put together a team of lottery tickets and how how that would do, and obviously just just um, 
uh, as always, like half of them will do well, and the other half will just shit the bed. <laughs> I remember when you when you I remember you bringing that up, um, which shows you what a religious listener I am to the podcast. We appreciate uh, you. And <laughs> and I thought it was a, a real point really well taken. I mean, I I see it happen to managers, even really good ones, where I know there's certain times where let me get a, give it an example. No, don't get me wrong. I've got I'm I'm very I probably lean on the on the spectrum toward the gunslinger thing more. I'm willing to sure. cut loose a player that has three, three dead weeks in a row. Cause I won't, it's just the, this, this sport or fantasy is too volatile and you really have to be careful. Cause if you stick to a player for too long, you that's the opportunity cost is too severe. So you have to, you have to cut bait sometimes and you, or you have to be willing to chop and change just to, to win a particularly tough game week or whatever, and be willing to drop your favorite guy ever, Ducure, right? It's like, I dropped him and I don't have him now. I traded uh, Declan Rice for Pepe, you know, and that did not work yep. literally whatsoever. Yeah. Now it could have gone the other direction, but I, w I was willing to take a chance because the three in the four point weeks were killing me from, from Declan Rice. You have yep. to, you have to be willing to make it's it's like your risk management has to be somewhere leaning toward you're not going to get anywhere near second to first if you're not willing to make tough decisions. Um, and I think of like when I added Connor Gallagher this year, I yeah. put in a bid for six bucks. Literally nobody else even put in an ad for free. And I was like, what? What what in, what on earth am I seeing here? Why, why did nobody even put in a bid for uh, even one dollar? Let alone why did I spend six? I probably shouldn't have spent six. But... It was this the same sort of idea of you have to take a chance. You have to be willing to lose out on that. I spent nine bucks to grab Rodrigo a couple weeks ago, and it looked like Bamford's injury, and he was maybe going to start turning it on, do do what we expect him to do. Didn't work out. But if it mm -hmm. had, it could have changed my entire season. You you get your number of cracks at that, but you have to be willing to take them. Those little five to ten dollar waiver yep. ads are, are really 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 important. Yep. And if you're too conservative and you don't want to spend it, and you're waiting until January where. Um, you know, X players come into Newcastle and you're going to spend your entire remaining free agent budget on it. And guess what? That player comes in, uh, immediately gets hurt or never actually pans out and you waited and you, that the opportunity cost again is so high and because you, you and you've missed lost, out. lost yeah. so yeah. many games. Because... You lost so many games because you weren't willing to spend five to $10 to grab yeah. the Connor Gallagher's of the, on the market. Yeah. That's so and true. We are, we are here to tell you who are the Conor Gallagher's of the market? Um, just, just a quick fun look back. I actually found the article. Uh, so it said KDB ahead of Bruno, which is still up in the air. Traore ahead of DCL. Um, these are, these are going round by round. So, so you Anto couldn't have predicted the injury. Yeah. Antonio ahead of Sushek, which is yes. like literally the, um, uh, example of of tra drafting for first or last, Reese James ahead of Juan Bissaka. Oh, beautiful! Then then there was a uh, a good one, James Rodriguez ahead of Dwight McNeil, which uh. is a, a <laughs> bad one. <laughs> then Pepe ahead of Chris Wood, Bowen ahead of Ruben Neves. Nice work, Bernardo Silva ahead of Wilfred and Didi. He was round eight Jesus. on draft day. Um, oh. Then Trincao ahead of. Are you looking? What are you looking at? Preseason ranks? What are you looking at? No, that's yeah. His. yeah pre uh, 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 my uh, article on on um, recommendations for where to recommendations based on preseason ranks. Yeah. 
So, I promise I didn't see this, but I have a couple of the players you're talking about, including Reese James. <laughs> yeah. Round, round 11, Nathan Redmond against Pierre-Emil Hoiberg. Um, round 13, Hudson Doy ahead of Ipisuma. Round 14, Demara Gray oh. ahead of Thomas Partey. Um, and then there's Ryan Fraser there as well. So. Some of those are those really guys. good. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 lo I love you, my man, but some of those are a lot safer than you're making them sound. <laughs> like anybody should have taken Silva. But speaking of, that's the ultimate one, right? I mean, I know that yeah. you guys, I think, want to talk about City, but that is the ultimate. You have to take the, that's the lottery ticket that lurks on your bench, whether it's Mares, Bilva, KDB, Sterling, Jesus, you have to have those Absolutely. players. Absolutely, because when like, you plug yeah. them in. You like, plug them in and blammo. Even yep. Ferran Torres should have gone much higher than he did. Even despite exactly. the injury, I would still say he should have gone higher. Exactly, and 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 that's why um, I think, I, I don't know who I was talking with um, when we were discussing Chelsea rotation and, and City rotation and the differences there, and that's why I'd 100% rather, I think it was one a guy from my home league who had Chilwell and and he didn't want to drop him and wanted to trade, for, trade him away, and he actually got a trade to get Ferran Torres, both injured until indefinitely and and i was telling him like okay chillwell might not be a good example because he's he scores well when he plays but i'd much rather a city asset um that gets rotated like hell than a chelsea asset because because these forwards or <laughs> players that are um meant to be forwards uh for for chelsea are just so bad yeah they're just it's just volume scoring they're just not they're not scoring goals and um yeah. tuchel's a conservative manager to begin with tactically so yeah I, I i wanted no part of the mount havertz uh cho like none of the i, I wanted none of those players um and well, i think I it's, really that's worked out i mean because they went i mean mason mount had an adp of like 11 or something crazy yeah 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 i mean i i had the same same uh, thing going into the draft, but I, I have, I have, I've traded myself into the Chelsea rotation. So, yeah. um, there we are now. I traded Madison to get Lukaku and I traded, uh, Mane after week three, I think, to get Mount, um, which both could still work out decent, but I think more, more to the point that People like Werner are, shouldn't be confused with people like Sterling. That's fair. Um, yeah, and I think rightly we we ranked Werner. I think where maybe he should be. He was in our he was in our tier four forwards. That's so, interesting. Right now, I feel like that Lukaku one really. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, going by positional scarcity alone, would I rather have Madison? I don't know. Boy, uh, I'm yeah. still not it's, trusting Madison again yet. He's got to earn it. Lukaku though. being turned back into the um, Manchester United version of back to goal <laughs> target man. That is that's really really concerning. If you're a Lukaku, uh, if you if you paid hundred bucks like every every league did, yeah. that's that's not feeling. Well, great. I mean, I think most leagues probably paid a hundred and forty or hundred and sixty. Speaking for our league, where we didn't we don't allow transfer or oh, money that to must change be hands. Heaven. 
<laughs> it is, but I think it. I, I I look forward to the gamesmanship that would occur if you did have the ability to trade FAB. <laughs> I'm over it, but yeah, but maybe I, I do, maybe I don't, because yeah. I think it's it's where collusion can happen, and that's where managers start to get really grumpy. But I don't know. Yeah, 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 and I think for that, um, obviously we have that in the community league and in the genie league as well, and I think that's where. Um, experience and and the difference in fantasy experience comes in and and could really skew um teams because on on face like this this season it was Lukaku and Ronaldo who came in and people people were spending obscene amounts of of uh, FAB for them and and hoarding it so like I I saw ASM go for like 60 or something like that. Right. And that's just stupid. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's <laughs> insane. Well, speaking of Mane, um, do you gentlemen have any thoughts on, I think, I think Joe, you wanted to talk about <laughs> AFCON. <laughs> did, did I? Well, I mean, that's, that's in our, that's in our section of about COVID. Um, but let, let's go ahead and just knock it out because I don't know that we need to talk about this all that much. Like COVID's going to be a shit show regardless. Like you're, it's yeah. going to be really difficult to, to plan for any of this. All, all it's going to be is, you know, making sure you're on top of your streamers and, um, not being surprised if matches are postponed, if, um, players are, you know, are, are benched or quarantined for two weeks. Like it's, there's not a whole lot there, but um, Toddy, did you want to talk about like AFCON or any of your thoughts on on the COVID issue? Yeah, more, more so like a general question. And I saw um, uh, the Liverpool press conference, and uh, Klopp actually sounded this out, and I had the same question. And maybe you guys, coming from a more uh, traditionally PC culture uh can can shed some light on this for me um why why aren't people or teams or managers telling who has covid or who hasn't what's what's the point or what's i mean i i get maybe that it's like they're um personal i have stuff, i have genuinely no I've, idea wait what, so what, what did what did Klopp say Club said the same thing. Like, oh. if I have COVID, I will tell you I have COVID. I have no idea why people are not telling other people who have COVID. Because I Liverpool have been, this. they have shared, right? When a player has yeah. COVID, right? Is that what you mean? Yeah, because yeah, like Tottenham, like it's a mess. Like, I don't know what to do with Lucas Mora right now. I'm like, uh, am I in trouble? Am I even going to be able to field 11 players this week? Yep. Because yeah. I can't. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Um, well, and it's also applicable to the conversation we have about the NFL and how the NFL has to have that it's, it's it's a it's a mandate that you have to share injury information with the press and the premiership doesn't like they can say whatever they want they can just make stuff up and they often do and it's really it hurts yeah. by the way you want to talk about hurting fantasy it hurts the fantasy product a lot mm -hmm. the yeah. lack of transparency with with managers yeah, yeah but Ancelotti was the worst. Oh like yeah, he 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 was the, he, he said he's definitely out, and then two days later he was in the starting. <laughs> I mean that's just mind games. Like yeah, I mean th there's actual mandates in the NFL that you have to 
Um, you have to get practice reports and players who practiced and players who yeah. practiced um, and they, you know, the ones who practiced off kind of like on their own in a limited fashion, um, players who practiced in full, those kind of things. I mean, I, I do think the Premier League would be wise to implement something like that. But again, it, I think it's just historically the mind games and um, the gamesmanship is such a part of the game that I, I don't know that that's going to go anywhere anytime soon. It's really interesting. I mean, because if if we go from this, uh, if you approach this topic from the perspective of money talks, right, the impact that OFPL has on um, the Premiership and viewing and all that is enormous. Yeah, but so they don't you, care. you would almost wonder if they. I know, but you, I think as that as that partnership, if there was if there was a partner in it, it would. I guess it's who? Wait, who? Who is it? Barclays? Who mm-hmm. runs the fantasy yeah. Premier League? Yep. Um, you would wonder if they could exert some pressure to be like, look, we got to change this because it's it's hurting the OFPL product. Although, is it though? It's almost rem- reminiscent. How many conversations have we had about whether it's instant replay or uh, umpires in baseball of that? Do people do people really want umpires in baseball to go away so they don't get to they don't get to piss and moan about that? It it does actually <laughs> all that drama around managers and their gamesmanship. It it does it help or hurt? I don't know. It generates so much conversation. Half of Twitter conversations on a Saturday morning are about you know a ex manager saying this, and then it turns out that they play like uh, the Ancelotti example. That's like it feels like it's half the discourse anymore. Well, yeah, and yeah. then what the hell would the guys talk about on Match of the Day? You know, it's like, it, you're right. There, There is something cathartic and, um, I don't know, just like uh, self-satisfying about uh, pissing and moaning about these kind of things after they happen. Or VAR. I should should have used the most obvious example of VAR, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the COVID thing is like, I think we d- we look like we're going to get fewer double game weeks in this this campaign. But now the COVID thing could could be much more difficult to um, wrap your head around and, and to uh, account for. So yeah, well, I don't know. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> yeah, the, to turn it into uh, again into um, usable fantasy um, advice. Um, I think at this point, with this many postponements already happening and and a few more expected. Um, I think the added value of holding players um, with a view to double game weeks diminishes. So like when it was only Spurs, uh, so they missed the game because it was snowed in at Turf Moor and then immediately uh, in the game week following that they, they, they had the COVID postponement. Uh, so they were the ones who had like two double game weeks set up, uh, in the future. And, and it was, it was a genuinely, um, good idea to try to hold mid-level Spurs assets because, because they would give you comparatively great value on, in those double game weeks. But at this point, right. it's like everyone else, almost everyone else is having double game weeks. So, um, yeah. like holding an Eric Dyer or, uh, or even, a Emerson Royale or someone like that, um, doesn't actually give you that much added value because, because there will be a Josh Brownhill, there, there will be a Charlie Taylor, whoever, uh, on the way to pick up uh, for that double game week not to mention if you're holding guys at this point um 
you're you're probably I mean for for hopes of a double game week, uh, you're probably doing so to the detriment of your own team because you likely have guys who are in postponed matches, who are injured, who are getting sick, who you know whatever it is, and so. Um, I don't know if it, what it looks like for you guys, but my bench is a hospital room right now. Like, it's insane. It looks terrible. And it's either postponed or red flags everywhere. And that actually leaks into my lineup as well because I can't – I mean, I'm, I'm attached to some of these guys. I don't want to drop them yet. So it's like you're – it's Sophie's choice. You know, like you're trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. I've yeah, been yeah, I, yeah I, I, the, I had that difficult decision a few times and punted on dropping some of these players. Like I recently picked up Fred and I'm like, do I really want to drop Fred? I don't think so. I, I, I'll take the, what looks to be a pretty safe floor for his, uh, um, for ghost points, et cetera. So I don't want to drop him already just because of their postponed game. But then the postponed was just, ra- they racked up. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, it, yeah it's, it's really, it makes it for impossible decision-making. Yeah, he's a great example because he's one of those where he's just coming into what looks like a new role um, or at least like an elevated role. And, and his ghost points are starting to look a lot better. Genie's super excited about him, of course. And um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it, that's a perfect example of, of a guy who is going to be steady and dependable, going to play every match. But uh, doesn't mean you have to probably take a hit one week or two now and again. Yeah, you know, and you have to unfortunately just just keep him. Yeah, yeah and and it, it starts to... Sorry, go ahead, Tori. Uh, I was going to say that um, I think the the value uh, for your decisions goes up if you if you start looking out of your bubble because you can you can really really get stuck into your own lineup decisions and and i found in one of my leagues that i've noticed a trend in in um in waiver pickups that people are just not spending money even if oh. there is like like a valuable player out there and i've become much much less attached to my own players um based on that uh but that that was an observation over a period of few weeks and and following um the team info page and having a look at how much fab each uh team had and how depleted they were so it's it's a bit of a deep dive into get knowing your own league but mm. you can actually be a bit more uh um nonchalant about your um pickups if if you know that know that for example you have like west coasters who who will set their waivers um the night before and they won't be able to react that quickly to like um press press conferences happening in Mm -hmm. european morning times or whatever so it's 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 stuff like that that you you that could give you an advantage with these lineup decisions um and and you need to get out of your own head to to see these Hmm. interesting all right boys well let's let's talk you you know benji alluded to it let's talk city quick um, and then we, where we've driveled on for a while here, lads. So we're we're kind of coming up to coming up to the end. But let's let's at least talk city because people are wondering. You know, several I've gotten several requests after the uh, walloping yesterday about city assets, and suddenly people are all interested again in all these city guys um, who I, apparently were absolute shit footballers. And why would we recommend that somebody keep KDB or trade in KDB over? xyz player well now suddenly it looks true? like 
Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so, so let's talk. What I want to do is just we're going to do a little trade-o-meter. So between 0 and 10, we're going to talk about trading in players and then trading out players. So just I want to hear from both of you, and then we can have a chat about each player if we want to. Um, but if it's really straightforward, then we can just move right along. But between 0 and 10, are you or will you be trying to trade in this player? KDB, Benji. Oh, man. On a scale of 1 to 10? Zero to ten. Zero to ten. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Let's give me give me every number possible. Yes. Um, <laughs> Zero to ten point seven. I'm just gonna go with instinct. I'd say that's seven or eight. Okay. Toddy. Yeah, I'm. It's it's a difficult one because there is no way anyone's trading KDB after, yeah. after scoring thirty eight <laughs> points and and I mean. It, 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 at this point in the season, the, those draft day values have changed so much that um, that it's today's values. If you can get KDB for anything less than round one value, it's ten. If if you if you can't, then yeah, make make a move. But yeah, it's seven or around seven. I wouldn't break the bank for him. So the time to do it was any week before this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what about trading out, though, guys? How likely would you be if you had KDB to try to trade him out of your team between 0 and 10? Benji. Uh, in the, terms of willingness to, to make offers, I would put it at 10 out of 10. Because I do think there's something about the mileage. And I've, I've, heard, I've heard you guys talking about this and... Um, I'm sure all of you were like, man, Genie was right to an extent. We hate the KDB that, thing was so. not looking. I know it wasn't looking great. Like, and I'm sorry, but one one incendiary week against a terrible Leeds team is like, I don't think that's enough for me. I would yeah. still be looking to. I would take that equity of the recent performance and try to try to get a try to get one of those first rounders if I could. I like it. Yeah. So that's a ten yeah. for you, Toddy. Yeah. Yeah, same same here. So I actually have KDB in in one of my leagues, and and I'm putting out feelers. Honestly, uh, my main target is Salah, mm. but and I'm not sure I'm taking anyone else other than like um, a group of players that yeah, that, that, that help help me in in most of my. Uh, need areas which is most of my areas uh at this point but yeah um yeah i'd definitely test the waters to trade out kdb would you do rafinha and jimenez (sighs) sending away kdb getting rafinha and jimenez that's that's on the cusp okay yeah, um, really close. Jimenez yeah. yucky to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. That team can't score, and he's certainly not doing any his yeah. part either in that. That's 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 the thing. But if it was Rafinha, but Rafinha and Watkins, man, that's that's delicious. Oh, Rafinha Watkins, that's whoever an obvious did one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about? That's, okay, that's I got it. Much. I got it, Toddy. Rafinha. The boat and, just tipped over on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rafinha and Bowen. Yeah, yeah. I still do that. Yeah. All okay. Day. Definitely. All right. Definitely. What, Bowen's the what third highest scoring fantasy player right now or something crazy? Yeah. 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 You're right. I was just thinking about draft day value, but it's, that's obviously. What, what about TAA? Yeah, you can't one, really look at that. Yeah, it's tough. TAA one one. 
Oh, every no. day, all day. I'm not. TAA's third highest scoring player. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm yeah. doing that. You know how I'm feeling. What? You're not doing it? You're, I don't think so. You're Joe? keeping keeping KDB out of I, K- TAA. I I think so. Yeah. Mm, it's that's... it's for one reason alone, and it's the rotation and mileage. Um, yeah. He's not as old as my God. Genie threw out some ages that that podcast. I was like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> KDB is not 36 or. um but the the mileage feels like it is there he's only 30 but he he has been so injury prone and the rotation is going to be huge and if if afcon doesn't happen which i don't know which players they have other than mars it's just mars okay it's just mars okay but that matters because it puts on the shift right it's like um if afcon doesn't happen it's even less the rotation stays the same as it is now basically it's like yeah i don't know i don't i would i would definitely taa one for one for sure maybe yeah. you've convinced same, me same here same here and it's uh, i mean maybe ta is unsustainable but he's still putting up eight he's a he's 18, an in, he's an inverted plus. yeah it's it's you know how i feel about this toddy and i've talked about this yeah. many times it's come up in our league recently uh <laughs> ta is an inverted winger basically a marauding midfielder who then also gets the tack on effect of the clean um, sheets clean sheets yeah. and he takes every free kick for crying out loud and he is tacked yeah. on to start every single game see also Salah good luck getting Salah in any configuration of KDB trade unless that comes with like KDB and another first rounder and probably another f- top top eight first rounder yep. okay I, well, I, I, I got in Salah uh, on uh, two days after Conte uh, Conte was announced for Spurs for Kane and Reese James, and that at that point Reese James was putting up twenty five a game, mm. and my home league was like, um, "You're stupid, Salah doesn't <laughs> Salah is not that good." And since then, I think um, Reese James and Kane combined for like twenty points in four game weeks, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Checks Sorry, out. Joe. I know we're ma- we're moving briskly through your it's, list. Here. We really are. Yeah, we're <laughs> you guys are, like you one down over here. Uh, okay, Ken Cancelo. Speaking of inverted wingers, uh, Cancelo zero to ten. How likely are you to trade him in Benji? Uh, ten out of ten all day. If okay. I could, I just said uh, good luck getting the the what it would take to get him. Speaks for itself, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Toddy, same same here. Same How, here. You guys wouldn't trade him out, would you? I own him, nope. and uh, and he's the one of the main reasons I'm 14 and two. <laughs> <laughs> well said, well said. <laughs> All right, Benji, yeah. back to you. Bernardo Silva, zero out of ten. Trade him out. Sorry, trade him in. Uh, this is a ten and a zero again. Uh, this the output has been unbelievable. He's now clearly, he feels like he has the level of favoritism that KDB once enjoyed with pep and yes it's 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 what we expected when he was at monaco and we saw the highlight reels and we're like my god that dude would wreck the epl and right. now he's doing it yeah good call about the favoritism and it, it is it is akin to the trust that he had in kdb where it was like um you don't think that there's nailed names on the team sheet for him but but there's one there's yeah. definitely one <laughs> two now I don't think any of us would have. I don't think any of us would have thought it would take four years for it to happen. But it is exactly what we all thought could happen when he first came over. Four years and a plethora of rumors that he was leaving the team uh, this summer. Yeah, and and it's 
and it's the same with Cancelo. I, I, for me, I think when and he was at Valencia, and then when he was at Juventus, I was like, I was so jazzed when he came to City just for the fantasy aspect. And he was, he didn't play for like twenty games, uh, but now he's, he's as nailed on as Silva. But I, I'm gonna go the other route with Silva because um, now his other favorite is back with KDB. It, it's just unsustainable. There's just not not enough goals to go around because Foden and Grealish are also healthy again. Um, I I trade out Silva and that's what I said. Like I think it was last week when I wrote the trade advice article for Draft Society, and and if you can get around one value player, then I'd trade him out. Nope. you would would do injurious harm to your team for what you also quote unquote paid for him um it's just such a ridiculous return on investment like it's just but you're right but yeah but the return only happens if you actually trade him out that's yeah that's fair all right okay well there you have two differing opinions i love that uh, let's move on to one Phil Foden. We've seen him a little bit more as of recent. So Benji zero to ten. Are you trying to trade him in? Um, I'm gonna. If it's okay, I'm gonna collapse Foden and Grealish into one, and I'm gonna say the <laughs> same numbers will apply to both of them, and they're gonna be somewhere in the uh, trade in category of like a similar to KDB. I would say like a seven or eight. Okay. Interesting. All right. And tell me more about collapsing them into one. I think they they share a similar grievance within the fantasy relevance uh, aspect. And that's the, the rotation fear, of course, but also this like, where do you play them thing? Mm-hmm. They share, they, uh, Foden has shown, I think, more propensity to play on the wing. Um, and either of them have been trotted out as a false nine with really limited uh, results. So... I, I just feel like they are sharing similar pain, pain plus the, you've got Sterling still lurking. So I just, it, it it's the, they, and I, I'm currently rostering Foden. And at one point I thought I just hit jackpot. He's going to win me the league. Yeah. And then he went on like a four week run of garbage. Mm-hmm. So between injury and then being rested and then just whatever. So, and they, they've all gone through this. Um, you just can't count on it. So, the instability of whether whether they're going to start and then when they do start, are they they trot it out in a role they're comfortable, aka on the left, or are they thrown out in the middle where they don't tend to do as well? Yeah. Really? I'd rather have Foden. I would rather have Foden than 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 Grealish, though. So Grealish is interesting to me, just kind of, I'm, only because uh, if you look at the useful draft metrics on the the Draft Society, his goal assist clean sheet percentage dependence is twenty two percent. That's very good. Yeah. So it's because like he doesn't um, score many goals. Well, but Benji, you mentioned like there's not enough goals to go around. Like, does that matter? It's just to probably the instability of starting again. I think mm-hmm. that um, as Toti's mentioning with Bilva, I, I think that the same is going to apply because Sterling just crushed it the other the other day too, and it's 
and he likes to play on the left and they all like to play on the left and if they're playing in the middle there's there's some discomfort there i think and yeah and i mean discomfort not in terms of what the out- outcome for the game but i mean in terms of the getting fantasy relevant score so I, I i would agree i think he's got the, the ghost points are better with Grealish, but um yeah, so maybe it is just about a tie for for both of them. I just feel uncertain about, and if I could get really good value and get a first rounder, get a maybe even like a Rafinha, I'm definitely doing it because that just yes. the 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 safety of knowing every single game week you're going to get your your best players starting is so valuable. Yeah, so now you're talking about trading out, which I think is more interesting with these two because. I have Mares in one league, and it's been so incredibly frustrating and reminded me why I don't draft uh, City role players. So, I mean, with these two, yeah, the scores are going to be there when they play. But as you've already said, you know, well, <laughs> how, how many weeks? How many weeks do we get? Are we 30%? Are we 50%? If it's 50%, then that's money in the bank. If it's 30%, not so much. It's the classic roster construction thing. So sorry, I, I answered that question kind of clumsily. If if I'm trading them in, it would be, do I have room? Do I have room, enough stability to where I could have one of those 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 um, hot or cold assets where they're, it's questionable whether they'll start, whether they'll be rotated, et cetera. And so I could keep them on the bench. If I have uh, my roster construction allows me to do that, then then it my my metric changes so i'm putting it like seven or eight because it depends on the roster okay toddy let's hear your take on those two um i have a similar take i'm even less jazzed about them (laughs) uh so i'm not i'm not i think i'm at a five ish um i've just had a look at uh, some underlying stats and um this this that had in me is saying Grealish is still uh, a, a buy low ish. He's still underperforming both his XG and XA as well uh, by by a lot. So he's he's scored two goals and has two assists, and his XG is three point nine seven, and his XA is two point seven. So, um, surely that will kind of even out. So he'll, he'll get more comfortable in the system and, and he'll score more than these two, two goals to assist. So I think there is growth to be had with Grealish. Um, but I'm not excited because there's just, there's just too many bodies. Yeah. There's just too many bodies. And if you, if you have like, a super super solid midfield like you have like Bowen and McNeil and um and Salah up front and then like I don't know Pinnock and Tarkowski at the back you drafted well nice work you've you've drafted well and obviously you need guys like Grealish and Foden to to actually um score big because all those obviously it's not Salah but all those other guys will have great floors but not not that high ceilings uh but if you're bringing in Grealish or Foden to be your mid one uh with a with a iffy second midfielder then I'm I'm much much less excited okay all right 
Let's keep rolling. Zero to ten. Benji, how likely are you to try to bring in Sterling? Um, I'm going to put that at like a six. Maybe a five. E. <laughs> <laughs> Do you Is think it, he stays? I think it's the premium. I think the premium you pay for any of these players, and that's why trading them out is maybe not a bad idea because yeah. the the once you get that that city inflation, it 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 might be worthwhile, especially if somebody's like willing to to part with like the Rafinhas of the world. Um, I and I'm I'm not following trade rumors uh, or uh, transfer rumors rather on um, on Sterling, but yeah, I it's that that instability is a real one, and I I would put him and Jesus in the same category. Although I'd rather have Sterling than Jesus, for sure. What do you think, Toddy? Um, I'm at, at like a three <laughs> oh. for Sterling. I think this is just shop window stuff. And mm. I think if he goes to Newcastle, which everyone who is either discontented or or um, <laughs> just like not fitting in is... Yeah. Being linked right now with linked linked to Newcastle <laughs> uh, at, uh, in a minute. Um, Their team's going to be amazing. <laughs> if he actually goes to Newcastle, then then I still don't see this huge revival into him being a round one talent. So um, I think it's just going to be more rotation, 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 and and. His goals recently are propping up his his numbers, and and he he doesn't score ghost points. He he will he will see rotation. He he will frustrate you both by not starting and by starting as well. So <laughs> I I'm, I'm 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 not I'm point. not I'm not not trying to get him in at all. Like if he's part of a huge trade, like. Uh, the second tier player in a in a two for two, then yeah, I'm I'm happy to get him, but I'm immediately looking to shift him. Mm. Okay, all right, I like it. Uh, and then Jesus, you kind of mentioned Benji, same same situation uh, for the most part. I'm I'm imagining you're not probably are you mm, the only difference there would be like are you trying to trade him out actively right now? Or are you going to wait for a big week? I'll definitely wait for a big week. You'd have to, because otherwise I think you're going to get next to nothing. He's yeah. been doing, speaking of doing, he's been doing absolutely nothing for a while now. <laughs> so I think you're you're dependent on getting that value up. And I think to, the shop window thing's interesting um, because I think that's what happens to some, to some extent with Bilva. And then the results book for themselves. And here we are. It's like, wait a minute, this, this player is invaluable to our success. I think that for... Because of City's um, ability to hold on to these players and not be in any rush to sell anybody, yeah. I'd be surprised if they if they move Sterling. Just FYI, I'd be really surprised. In January, uh, yeah. I would too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Even if Newcastle, which I <laughs> grain of salt with every single one of these rumors, yes. I don't think we. I think everybody doesn't seem to understand how much these professional football players really enjoy success and <laughs> and you know he's not in his maybe he's like approaching peak of his prime post prime whatever but sterling's still very very capable and why on earth would he go there and he would have a big say in whether or not he goes there and he's not going there 
Yeah, and it's going to be crowded in Newcastle too, with uh, with Martial there and Lingard and uh, Mares and and all those guys too. You know, so that's something yeah. something else for him to think about. Yeah. Oh, you forgot Mbappe. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That means that means left wing PSG PSG. My my. Yeah. Mbappe and Sterling play the same position, guys. So there's that's, definitely oh, not going to be room well, for both. Okay. Of them. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. And ASM as well. So. <laughs> Okay, perfect. So, fine, we can move on from those two. They're not super exciting anyway. Um, I, but honestly, Sterling and Jesus are the prime examples of City players, City assets that that are the most frustrating to own. And just like the, the way that they um, consistently don't bring anything at all to your team... And then, like you said, Toddy, like you'll you'll get excited about them in a matchup, say against Norwich, and then they either won't start or they'll start and do next to nothing. And you're like, why, why, why have I been holding this player? And it's just, yeah, I, I just think we need to be careful when we when we lump City assets into this uh, like sort of uh, mold of when they start their gold or they are worth rostering just because they're a city player like yes and no i think for all the players we've talked about thus far yes but sterling and jesus might be where that line sort of dips a little bit does that make sense yeah yeah i feel like i'd be i'd be looking at like if you have those players and there's a manager in our league who has both of them which i find really really tough oh that must be (laughs) frustrating oh my goodness and if because of what we talked about earlier like let's not be i i I don't want to especially especially myself be um contradictory um it's you need those players they're so important like if you find yourself in game week you know 32 and you're you know trying to trying to call your way into potentially winning your league or whatever and you're like grabbing neil mope you know it's like there's there's various versions of hell when it comes to starting forwards to where you're gonna really wish you had the opportunity on those those game weeks where i don't care if they are starting against better teams you're still starting jesus if, yes. he's, if he's starting you're still starting sterling if he's starting 100 and um I would, but if you if you have the comfort of of having more stable forwards, like you already have Salah and like a Mbumo, which is I have those two players, and like and you feel like you're just looking for that third player that that you can slot out in a three four three or whatever, and you're looking at you know I I think there's you could go get um, from a team that doesn't have that stable forward selection each week that maybe they had an injury or they had they overpaid for or grabbed too high in the draft somebody like obama yang and you're like i know that player or that manager is really going to need that opportunity when it comes around to start jesus when he starts but they might have a midfielder or a defender that you could use that that and they're willing to trade away uh, a defender a midfielder for for you to to, for jesus then that's the type of that's the type of trading i would be looking to make with those players yeah no that that makes total sense to me Okay, nice. A um, couple more. We're going to literally like lump all of the defenders together who aren't Cancelo, so we'll do that in just a second. Um, but first, let's talk about Gundogan. So 0 to 10 now that KDB is back and uh, Grealish is healthy and Foden is healthy. So we have Gundogan here who has been somewhat of a stalwart and uh, last year had his miracle season. So 0 to 10, are you trying to trade him in, Benji? 
Uh, I don't think I am. Or if I did, I'd be underpaying because I think you're you're, you're looking at exactly what you said with this with this rotation nightmare. Um, you still have 36 year old 30 whatever 36 I think Fernandinho who gets the occasional start. I he's obviously important to Pep, but I I think that knowing the inflation of City players, I'm not trading him in. There's very little chance I'm going to be able to offer the manager who has him what or her what they need. So I'm probably like at a three on Gundogan. Yeah, I think that's yeah. very well said. Toddy? Yeah, same here. I think if you can get him for like someone on a huge game that you think will will um, revert to being bad, then yeah, go for it. But other than that, no. So like... A good question would be, would you trade Madison to get Gunuan? Not at the moment. No, yeah, Jesus. By recent form, no. <laughs> I mean, if you look at where Gunduan's yeah. at, you know who he's uh, nearly tied with on total points? Roman mm-hmm. Seiss. It's like, <laughs> uh, that it's, it's, is surprising. It's too spotty. The starts are too spotty. Um, he's, in, yeah. he's, in, he's in defender category, uh, territory. And do you think if you have... If you have Roman Seiss or you have, uh, let's say, even Fornals, do you think the manager who who's rostering Gundogan is going to make a trade for that? I don't think so. They're going to be like, that's so. Gundogan. It's City. You have to pay the City premium. Right. It's like, I don't want yeah. to. Yeah, true, true. Interesting. Okay. All right. I like it. That's a good point. Uh, okay. Let's see. Finally, as far as attacking players are concerned, uh, Riyad Mahrez, the aforementioned, uh, maybe the most frustrating City asset of all this year. Um, so zero to ten, Benji, you're trying to trade him in. Probably in this, well, maybe even worse than. Um, oh boy, I think if you have him, you're holding him, and if you don't have him, you're too afraid. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to pay the city premium, and then I'm also going to sit there and be totally flummoxed every week, waiting, hoping, hoping that there's a chance that he starts. I've seen what he's, I've seen uh, from afar what he's doing to the manager who's rostered him in our league, and I'm yep. like, that does not look fun. <laughs> the gymnastics it takes of every week being like, please, 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 nope, not again. And does that manager do the thing where he puts him in the starting lineup at the beginning of every game week, and then just has to take him out eventually? exactly yeah you can tell that it just must be through gnashed teeth that yes. he's sent back to the bench yeah yes toddy zero to ten trading it in um one okay um i think i think pep has proven that this is this is not maras this year and we could we could well be um proven wrong and i wouldn't be all that surprised if maras started like from now to March started all the games, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not expecting that. So I'm not trading him in. I'm trading him out if I have him. Okay. All right. Let's talk defenders real quick. Stones, Laporte, Diaz. Uh, you could lump, you could lump Ederson in there, I suppose, because to me, these are all clean sheet guys with the occasional, and I say this because of John Stones, with the occasional, uh, attacking return. And it's, it's rare. So the clean sheets will be there. I mean, they, they will. Um, but I assume, Benji, you're going to mention the city premium again. I would. And I'd also say that as somebody who's reached for those clean sheets uh, and paid dearly with uh, <laughs> Nathan Ake as recently as two weeks ago. <laughs> yep. Um, 
it's just not worth it. I, 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 DS gets more involved with the attack, and I'm sorry, I'm not looking at numbers right now to where he's at with like KPs and so forth. But like those, those, those halfbacks for they still don't do enough. Um, uh, the center has for rather for city, they still don't get involved enough to right. to warrant fishing for for clean sheets. So I still don't really want them. Diaz maybe, but yeah, I, I realize he's not even on your list here, is he? Oh yeah, he's he's yeah, okay, he is. yeah. Diaz with uh, nine KPs on the season. I want Cancelo in that <laughs> defense. I don't. I want Zinchenko when I can stream him, and I don't care about the rest. Okay, that's S- same here. I I I mean. I'd I'd stream them against Leeds and Norwich, but other than that, I'd be too afraid that they score one with a with a fluke um, Zaha goal or whatever yeah. against anyone else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm keeping them on free agency where they belong, um, and I'm banishing Walker to the oblivion. Not even, I, I mean, if there is a way for me not to see him in free agency, then <laughs> that would be my preference. Just you can set your filter, uh, you can set it to a custom filter where you will yeah. never see Walker again. Never see Walker again. Yeah, that's that's what I want. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, finally, Tati, you mentioned him earlier. Is it time to start thinking about bringing in Ferran Torres? I'm I'm very um, much, as you know, Joe, because you are on the other side of the spectrum. I'm very much on the I'd rather someone else brought in an injured player and had to keep him on roster for weeks before mm. they actually started. Um, uh, I'm 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 on that train if if that's a train. Um, and I know Joe, you're you're on the opposite train, so you 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 have been uh, DMing us about picking up as a as early as October and picking up um, Neto like a few times when they had some positive info. I think with these injuries, with like f- three four months out or even two, three months out, the integration back into the team is so, so, so long that that uh, we can see that with Eze, he has been healthy and on yeah. the bench for like more than a month. I, yeah. I was just going to mention Eze, and I, I stay completely away from this 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 caliber, of this, this um, tier of player. I'm not interested in watching them uh, go through the very, very difficult time that it takes to get um, brought back to full fitness and and to say nothing of form. My goodness, it's like nah. I don't have fantasy. That's that's death to fantasy. Is wow. It take it took this player eight weeks to even like get fit and play more than sixty minutes, and then took him another three weeks to find some form. Like no way. Well, an even worse case scenario when your team has found form without you. Exactly. A la uh, Eze. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a very good point. So, yeah, where, I, where's where's he going to go? I mean, I, I, is he going to yeah. take Gallagher's place? Is he going to take? No. Olise can't even break this lineup, and Olise's played well when he's played. He's played in fits. In fits, he's played well. So You'd I don't have know to where he's going to go. To drop Connor Gallagher from that team right now. All right I mean, at this point, would you drop Ayu? Yes, he's, he's playing really well too. Ayu. By the way, he, I, no, no, no. I hate I that mean, player. He's fan- playing really well though. In fantasy, oh, in fantasy, my bad. yeah, yeah. But in real life, I wouldn't drop Ayu. 
He's no, playing, he, and he he's, does play a role. He plays a key he, role. He, 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 he plays does. a key, key role, and he's he's playing really well. And now he scored now today. I know as yeah. well. So Benteke stock just took a nosedive, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Ed- Edward scored and assisted. Obviously, pay, playing him in my home league. Of the players you've talked about, Neto would would be the only one I would think about. But still, it's still so far away. There's still the weeks of being reintegrated mm-hmm. and finding fitness, finding form, etc. Now they need it more than the other teams we've talked about, but um, I still don't. I'm that's a stay away from me on all of them. I can't imagine rostering any of these players though. It's just you're taking up a spot. Yeah, yeah, but then again, it's it's with even with Neto, is is the ineptitude a system thing or is it just a player <laughs> thing? Because Jimenez and Traore have flourished and been scoring bucket loads of goals um, and Trincao looks decent uh, Podence was good in flashes so it's it's not that they, they don't have talent to score goals it might be a system thing so Neto coming back might not change much in that Wolves attack sure yeah and, and as long as they keep grinding out results like like today um and i was extremely surprised that uh, i've i've stumbled into watching a few wolves games and and i was i was very surprised that they're top 10 and they they were like i think sixth a few weeks ago now they're eighth but that's decent as well and that's yeah. super, that's a that's a very big surprise because they don't look good at all. It's true. They, You're right. And but as long as they are getting results and as long as they are fighting for Europa League spots and and comfortably in the top half of the table, then I'm I'm not sure. It's it's not like the Everton situation where where change needs to happen and and DCL coming back. Would 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 bring about a lot of change. I don't think bringing Neto in would would necessarily change their fortunes. Obviously, he's a good player, but we've only seen him be a good player for that three quarters of a year. Mm. I think I think sometimes it's like let's contextualize this this with an example, right? If you're if you're in a twelve team league, which I'm in, um, I'm only ever in one league at a time or one league period. Um, mm. And you have this COVID stuff happening. You have no IR slot on your team. It's still impossible for me to imagine the window of time to try to hit on an Eze, a Neto. Um, what was the other player we were talking about? Oh, uh, Fran Torres. Fran Torres, yeah. <laughs> it's basically... You're really, for me, I'm so averse to this that I would only roster those players the week that they literally have a week before they found form. I so it's it's not even oh they're suddenly getting, you know, they're playing in the under 23s, they're coming back like what happened with Eze. Eze immediately got rostered in our league and I was like good luck. <laughs> um and I just I it's just so it, it there's so much cost. We're talking about um in a 12 team league like 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 mine. I'm looking at my Joe had mentioned I've got you you deal with like the possibility of um, one game bans for accumulation of yellows like I just did with Cancelo. I just picked up Fred and he's looking good. I've got Rashitza who I paid a couple bucks for and I'm keeping. I refuse to drop. And Bumo's <laughs> coming to form. I have Rashford with with these postponed things next to him. I can't imagine also 
and a, a t- unless you're one of the teams that's really trying to um, make up for lost time or you didn't start out very well and you're yeah. in like sixth or seventh place, I, why, why would you have room to put Ferran Torres on your team? I don't, I think I don't see where that would happen. Yeah, I think you've hit on exactly. like that. That's the only situation. And that's what I'm in in the community league. It's like, you know, I went 0-5 and, and it was like just difficult results. Uh, I've been clawing back, but it's like you, you're almost sort of trying to compile a team that really like could be superstars if if and <laughs> yes. when they were all fit right if but yes. it's a huge if yeah and it, so it, right and it, i'm gonna ask you joe when when an example like the one you gave when you find yourself rostering ferran torres because you're like it could work it's probably a sign there are eight or nine things that are not going well for your yes, team 100 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly yes. exactly yeah 100 i go into every game week going really frustrated when i don't have the ability to chop and change a few players it really frustrates when i'm like i can't drop any of these players i can't Mm. until or unless they don't start their next game week i have to continue rostering them because they're too good yeah and that's in a 12 team league yeah i know it's crazy yeah and 10 teams are even are even like sillier in terms of the players that are on the waiver wire and you're like wait what how is you know and and there's this perception that they're so good and that they just need to be rostered but i mean in reality you know you're talking about like even like a guy like uh what nelson Semedo is averaging 6.44 fantasy points per game and that yeah. seems like a player who should be rostered but really no <laughs> yeah but <laughs> depends nelson on the Semedo. league but no <laughs> yeah well he was one one of the guys benji gave me a lot of uh stick for dropping last season yeah oh that's right yeah. <laughs> well, then i streamed him today to be honest so that's that was fine but that was good yeah. yeah but you know what toti i think that's actually a really good example of what i was just describing your team was in first place you had yeah. an abundance of riches you were making decisions like do like i'm talking about so admittedly i'm talking about this from a position of strength i'm 14 and 2 i've got a lot of really good players i did well enough with the draft and i picked up a couple of key players and and that's even after making some dumb trades like you know getting rid of declan rice for <laughs> pepe who didn't even start a single game after yeah. i got him um <laughs> but you, you make those tough choices um to, to to lose these players like that and so um it's like the, the classic uh um form is fleeting but class is permanent you know it's like mm. i do look when you know you've got class players especially that are, that are in a system that's working you know like your uh lucas's and your you know um connor gallagher's or um even like somebody even somebody like kukurea who it's like that there's some there's some ability there they've got the position locked down etc it's like you're not gonna you're 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 obviously not gonna um not gonna drop those players but um it creates a, a situation where it makes it very difficult for you to move players week in and week out. Like mm. to do, I love making streaming choices, and when your team has got that kind of depth and and uh, and pedigree, it's like it makes it much harder to do that. So, hence, I'm never in the conversation. I will never be in the conversation this year. It doesn't look like unless things go really pear shaped or Afcon goes on that I won't be looking at the Ferrantores as a world. So, I think that managers are thinking of that. They're asking themselves, "Do I want to move from seventh to fourth? <laughs> you know, maybe you know. Yes, I don't know. We all want to move some forth, but maybe <laughs> well, not that it, way. And if you're in a, it, it, actually, and if you're in a league that has playoffs enabled, that's a key part of it too. Sure, sure. ours ours does not. So yeah, yeah. fair yeah. enough. Yeah. All right, well, that's a wrap, boys. <laughs> it's been a solid <laughs> one. It, I, just some fascinating conversations and off the rails 
I mean, not in a bad way, though, like just some sort of tangents that turned into some really fascinating conversations. And I just had a blast. Benji, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's probably all crap. But hey, you know what? <laughs> like you like you often say on your podcast, if you've made it this long, you are a real diehard. Precisely. Precisely. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I, I think at least 30 percent of it today was was usable information. <laughs> I, I'd like to. That's a good week. Set the over under at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toddy, thanks again, man. Yeah. Thank you. Nice. Well, we're going to say adios to the muchachos and the muchachas. If you've made it this far, thank you so much. (laughs) And again, thanks to Benji. This has been uh, just fantastic. Listeners, we love you guys. Uh, Again, if you need any advice or have any questions, go ahead and start a conversation on Twitter. Like I always say, let's include the community. There's a lot of amazing people out there who are incredibly knowledgeable. Benji is an example of somebody who is not always in the limelight anymore, but is a wealth, an absolute wealth of knowledge. Uh, So go ahead and tag us. We'll retweet it. Let's get a conversation going and let's get some uh, alternating ideas in there that we can all sort of pontificate upon your uh, fantasy options. All right, until next time, this has been the Key Pass Collective. Thanks for sticking around. We'll talk to you all soon. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.